Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode today we have Joel Paul, business development and account growth manager at Super Sourcing. Joel, it's good to have you here. How are you? I'm all good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and allowing me to give my two cents worth of advice on this. I'm great. How are you, Ashmita? All good? Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. It's a pleasure to have you with us, Joel. Likewise, it's a pleasure being here as well. Yeah. So, Joel, just to set some context about you and you know what you do, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your career journey till now? Absolutely, sure. So, I come with almost half a decade of experience when it comes to client relations, account management, and business development. Right? I started my career in Morgan Stanley first, where I worked Correct. in investor relations and investor services, and then jumped ship to B two B SaaS in the fintech domain, where I was driving revenue and growth. And at the moment, you could say that I am sort of in the SaaS HR tech space with what super sourcing does i think it's an amazing organization and we've built a really good product where we curate the best developers across the globe and we build you know engineering teams and technical talent for different companies across borders so we work with clients across north america a few in the eu we have a good presence in the east and west african coast as well and also in the domestic market right so strong almost half a decade of experience when it comes to b2b saas sales and account management and growth and yeah that's about it me that's about me professionally well personally well i think i also am a musician I I play you probably find me in a lot of bars in the weekends doing guitar instrumental right and uh, also I am I am an author I run an ongoing blog it's called curiosity kills the cat so for all the viewers out there I mean if you want to just quickly jump in read things about psychology strategy and politics feel free so yeah well, that's great that's great Joe interesting journey and interesting uh, parts of life that you told us you know so Joe I would like to ask you there are companies going all remote and there are organizations betting you know big on their hybrid plans how do you see these new models of work shaping the future of work especially you know when it comes to Mm-hmm. your domain that sales mm-hmm. absolutely yes well it's uh, quite interesting ashmita because if you look at if you look at pre pandemic right a lot of the ongoing mantra back then was how you sort of bring your home to work right how do you make your workplace more homely right so you okay. see all these big tech companies building huge mega campuses with all these you know top top notch facilities where you know you can bring your exercise to work bring your wife to work girlfriend to work uh, food whatever dog to work and all of that right so it was all about how you can sort of bring your home to work and interestingly the pandemic actually brought about a complete 360 degree turn on that right so now it's right. no more about how you bring home to work but how you can accommodate work in your own comfort zone right and that's that's a very very interesting change that has happened and i've seen organizations adapt to it like really fast because i work for a couple of organizations very rigid and very large and they usually struggle to sort of maintain a, some sort of remote work or hybrid culture but because of the pandemic it's interesting how they shifted the entire model that has changed right now it's all about how you can accommodate work in your own comfort zone and Correct. in your own time right but with that being said this is something that has happened very recently like i feel that there is not enough time that has passed for us to make strong solid data driven conclusions on how remote and hybrid work will actually play out in the future right i feel it still needs a 
couple of years, perhaps one or two more years for us to draw those actual uh, relevant insights to see, you know, how remote work actually plays out and what benefits it has. But if you ask my opinion, the workforce is not the same as it was pre-pandemic, right? They're not going back to the same ways. They're not going back to you know, fixed working hours and all of that. It's it, its changed. It's different. It's definitely remote and mostly hybrid. But to draw actual data-driven insights and conclusions, we will need some time to pass. That is my opinion on, you know, how, how things are playing out at the moment, uh, Hashmita. Correct, correct, Joel. So Joel, when it comes to hybrid work style, there are several challenges, including engagement and trust issues. So what, according to you, are the key questions that leaders need to address to solve this issue? Right. That is very true. I mean, it does come with its risks, Hashmita, right? Hybrid or a remote culture. First of all, I mean, we have to really distinguish between a remote work style and a hybrid work style, right? Although there are some overlaps, but it's very different. The strategy for a remote organization would be very different for a hybrid organization, right? So with that being said, it does come with its risks, especially when it comes to the trust side of things and the engagement side of things, right? So sort of let's put it this way, right? What does a high, good hybrid work culture entail for its employees, right? Number one, it's got to, it's got to have these three things. It's got to have productivity, it's got to have connectivity, and it's also got to have flexibility, right? So these are the three main pillars that I personally see in any organization that is shifting to a hybrid culture, right? But before that, I think there is a lot of planning that has to be done, Hashmita, on an organizational level, right? So this has to be done from the C-suite leadership level. You just don't decide to move to a remote culture or a hybrid culture just like that. You've got to have this planned and then rolled out, right? So what are the, some of the things that you should question or consider while planning for this, right? Number one is hey, who are my employees and what are they doing, right? We need, you need to un have an understanding of who employees are, what are the different levels and what actually they do and what value do they actually add, right? So that is very important. For example, if you see a lot of the top level employees in the leadership and C-suite level, they they, 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 they prefer more interaction. They, they, they prefer a more on-site or a hybrid model, right? They do not like, they get a little apprehensive when work culture is all remote because they feel okay. they can add yeah, they feel they can add value better in managing their employees, leading them, driving that vision and giving them and enabling them, right? But if you see a lot of middle and associate level employees, they prefer this all remote or a hybrid work style of hybrid model, basically, right? Okay. They feel that, you know, you know what, this is my job, this is my task. And hey, I can do this sitting at home or I can do this sitting wherever I want to, right? What do I need to come to, to the office? So number one, as, as a, a change transformation leader, as someone who's running a business or as a HR leader, you've got to really consider who are my employees and what are they like, right? What value, value are they adding? Second thing is, what are we going to miss if we do not have a hybrid or a remote work option? Are we going to miss out on attracting, attracting the best talent? Are we going to miss out on, you know, perhaps reaching beyond our HQ, beyond Bangalore or Hyderabad or Mumbai, wherever that is? Can we have access to that global talent which other organizations have, right? So these are two important questions and this has to be planned properly and also rolled out properly, right? Now, another question that I forgot to touch base upon is how, how is my future work week going to look like, right? Am I going to have three days of work in the office, two days of working in the at home, or is it going to be based on each individual's employee's preference and all of that? So these are some of the questions that you consider. And then based on that, you have to again touch base on the three pillars of a remote work or a hybrid work culture, which is productivity. What can I do to have my employees add more value? connectivity, what can I do to make sure that everyone is connecting and everyone is synergizing with different teams? And third, flexibility. How can I bring that element of work at a comfortable place for my employee, right? So these three things right. are very important. And now 
underlying all of that is trust. Of course, it does come with risks and trust is a very big issue, right? Correct. So for that, what I would suggest is, I think a lot of attention has to be given to the way we're doing hiring. Hiring has really got to change when it comes to a remote work model or a hybrid work model. Because generally, you know, any interview process, it's a set process, right? You have your round one, round two. Hey, you know what? Talk to your HR, talk to your uh, cost center manager, and then you're done, right? You're you're in, you're out. But when you're actually hiring remote, uh, when you have a remote work culture or a hybrid work culture, and you know you're not going to see your employees on a day-to-day basis, you've got to take special care and due diligence when you're hiring someone. So change the way we got to do interviews, right? Don't just, you know, set up a meeting, ask your, tell me about yourself and this, this, that, that, blah, blah questions. Have a conversation, uh, have more conversations, try to understand and uncover, try to peel the onions of an individual and to see what he or she is made up of at the core, right? And then decide whether they are a good fit or not in your organization. So that's one way you can solve that trust barrier, Ashmita, when it comes to, you know, transitioning to a hybrid model or a remote working model, right? And another another thing that I just want to quickly add is this has happened after the pandemic, right? And uh, who, which, which, which section of the society has joined the workforce after the pandemic? It's the Gen Z folks, right? So it's a lot of Gen Z Correct. folks are starting their careers now. So a lot of 21, 22, 23-year-old guys are starting their career who have only started their career after the pandemic. So they do not know what it means to go to the office office. and work, right? Yes. So which means these folks are already well-equipped to work remotely and and they're adding value while working remotely. Yes, absolutely. Right. So more and more young workforce and organization is going to recruit. Rest assured, they're going to be part of the Gen, Gen Z generation which means they're already equipped to work in a remote and hybrid culture. Right. Correct. So yeah, that's uh, that's how you can sort of mitigate things like engagement and uh, trust. Great points. Great points. Jul. I completely agree with your points there, you know, especially, you know, just not doing an interview the traditional way, you know, just you know, getting to know a person. How is it? Because when it comes to remote, you know, you need to have trust and the person needs to have ownership in its work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Joel, when it comes to HR, what skills should HR leaders equip themselves with? And, you know, what are the top areas that HR needs to focus on? That's a very great question. I think constant reskilling is always required, irrespective of who you are, whether you're a HR guy or a sales guy or a marketing guy. But if this was, if this question is specifically posed to HR leaders, right, I would say off the cuff, change management, very, very important, right? I think when it comes to change, HR should really be the custodian audience of change. They should be the ones driving the change in an organization, right? And actually making sure that change trickles trickles down, right? From the top level to the bottom level, right? So change management is very important, especially after COVID because the status quo can change anytime. So yesterday it was, you know what, bring your home to the office, bring all your facilities to the office and enjoy working in the office. Today it is, hey, you know what, take some time off, work at home, work at office, however you want. Tomorrow it can be something else altogether, right? There's no change. There's no telling what will happen. The only constant which is change, right? So change management is very important for HR leaders. Along with that, I would also see risk management. Risk management skills are, again, very, very important, right? That ability to assess the future and make provision for it is very, very important. And surprisingly, not much of this has happened before the pandemic. A lot of risk management was not being advocated to uh, HR personnel, right? I don't know what the reasons were. Perhaps they felt that, hey, you know what? They don't want to scare the employees and all of that. But after the pandemic, it's very, very essential, right? So before, before the pandemic, organizations was 
HR people would often ask HR people, right? What has happened and how do we react to it? So after the pandemic, it's more like, you know, hey, what do you think is going to happen and how can we prepare for that, right? Change management, risk management, very, very important when it comes to HR leaders. And then other thing that I wanted to also touch on is I feel that uh, as HRs, we should be more in tune with different domains in our organization. And I really see this in the hiring and recruitment space now. A lot of recruiters especially when it comes to uh, technical recruiters and teams who are uh, HR teams who are building engineering teams, a lot of them don't know what they're doing, right? I think they have to get a comprehensive understanding of what they're hiring. If, if it's something related to tech, understand your tech stacks, understand what your engineering team wants, and then go ahead and hire instead of just you know, looking at the job description and you know typing a few words, a few keywords in Nokri and LinkedIn and all of that. So have that domain exclusive knowledge, whether it's for tech or it's for sales or it's for marketing or whichever department it is in your organization. I think as HRs, it is our responsibility to understand what is going on in different organ in different departments in your company your organization and have that exclusive domain knowledge. Okay. Like tomorrow, if I'm building a team for if I'm, if I'm building a team for marketing, right, I've got to understand, hey, you know, how, how my marketing process is, how it how it works, what type of employees I'm looking at. If I'm building a team for tech, I've got to understand, hey, what tech stack is my engineering team using, right? What type of developers are they looking for? So have, acquire that domain-specific knowledge is what I would advise for the HRs out there. Great points, Joel. Great points. So I would like to ask you, Joel, what top technology trends do you think will catch up fast as, you know, organizations adapt to the new world of yeah, well, I think back in 2012, I just want to share a small story. Back in 2012, uh, I read this report by KPNG, right, where they said the future of business is going to be SMAC, S-M-A-C, right? S stands for social media. M stands for mobility, I think. Yes, mobility or mobile strategy or whatever that was. A stands for analytics and C stands for cloud. So they had released this article, KPMG released this article called the smack world of business, right? And I remember thinking back then in 2012, hey, you know, what is this smack? It's, it's quite interesting that, you know, the world five to six years down the line back in 2012 is going to be about uh, cloud computing, analytics, and mobility and all of that, right? And I'm just looking back on that and realizing that was so damn true because at the moment, everything is mobile, right? Companies are having a mobile first approach. You have to have to have to have a prominent presence in social media if you're an organization, right? Analytics is an important pillar. You have all these tools analyzing your data, giving you reports, big data and all of that. And cloud computing is pervasive across industries. Everyone is now operating on the cloud. And in fact, people have built million dollar businesses doing digital transformation, moving from legacy Correct. systems to cloud systems, right? So this was yeah. back in 2012. And if KPMG can publish a report so strong, which turns out to be very, very much true, the talk these days are a lot of Web3, a lot of blockchain, right? And Correct. I think we really, really have to jump on that bandwagon as soon as possible. Yes. It's not that it's not happening right now. It is, but it is in silos, right? It's not... Uh, just started, yeah. Yeah, just started. It is happening very much, not just in the foreign markets, in our Indian domestic markets as well. Adoption when it comes to the Web3 web side of things and blockchain side of things is happening, but not at the scale at which it will happen a couple of years down the line. And so I think we've got to be prepared for that, right? A lot of things, collaboration tools, probably five, six years ago, it was Microsoft Teams, it was Slack and uh, all of that, right? But now, hey, you know what? All the organizations are moving to Discord. Discord is a great way to open a new channel, have that voice channel on, you know, you put your people in different servers, collaborate, 
Discord has become the new thing now, right? Absolutely. I also uh, very interesting. One of my one of my friends was mentioning that his colleagues, he and his colleagues, had a virtual Christmas party last year, uh, sitting and working at home. And I was like, "Hey, man, how did you have this?" He was like, "Dude, there is this really good platform online, a virtual reality platform online called Gather, right? Where you create an avatar of yourself, and you all your employees create an avatar of yourself." and you sort of meet virtually in a closed environment and you can go there and talk so it was actually like a party with different avatar, avatars of different people right so it's quite interesting in terms of you know uh, the way we are heading when it comes to collaboration tools the way we are heading when it comes yeah. to meeting and talking with each other metaverse is something that is going to be huge so today we are having this discussion on zoom so tomorrow it could be in a virtual space where you and i can see each other in in a cartoonish or a 3d form through an avatar form and have that discussion yeah. with a real life simulated space right yeah so these are some of the trends that catch on but it is happening it is happening very much now and i think we should do we should jump on the first opportunity we get to this bad market right when it comes to the web3 side of things blockchain side of things and metaverse side of things absolutely absolutely agree with you joel on all the three point when it comes to you no know, blockchain web3 we need to be equipped and uh, on towards about these things because future is going to be about these things yeah so joel i would like to ask you what are some words of advice that you would like to share with our community when it comes to developing new work arrangement strategies well i think you folks are already doing a great job because what you guys do is very progressive right uh, and I, i like that you do a lot of events a lot of collaborations my advice would be the workforce especially the gen z workforce that is coming in now and the generation after that their their idea of work is very different from what our idea is right so the, it's no longer going to be hey you know what i'm going to dedicate my time to this organization and i'm going to stick on probably work for 2 years and then move on to another organization that that is our generation we do a lot of that but i think the newer generation is more in the gig mindset right they like the gig work more they don't like you know sticking on to organizations and working they they like to call it consultative they like to take a consultative approach and probably take a project approach like i will do this project and then move on to another project and if i don't like this i'll move on to a different space so a lot of gig style of work is going to take place as per me in the next coming years and i think uh, we all should be geared for that right especially keeping the gen z generation in mind a lot of consultative uh, work is going to happen you you are going to find people consultants across the globe who can come add that value and move on right to other places where they can add value and that's that is another thing that uh, uh, super sourcing does we 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 really encourage the type of work because we have a model of renting out developers instead of placing developers and working exclusively in your organization right so yeah so i think uh, the gig style of working and a project based style of working is something that you folks might want to explore uh, hashmita interesting take on that joel you know great great point there that you have mentioned uh, i can totally relate to this you know it comes to gen z yeah i can see people around me but yeah. you have made me realize you know that people are looking for you know gig works or maybe probably moonlighting they don't want to just yeah, stick to one yeah moonlighting is a very negative term to it i would say uh, that that again has been painted by the media in a very different way so it is it is it is project based work right uh, moonlight branding it as moonlighting would be uh, very different and uh, a different thing altogether so the gig economy is going to be good and it's going to be mainstream very soon is what i believe and a lot of okay. consultative work and project based work project based work is also going to be very big okay agree there agree there joel uh, so joel this brings us to the end of our conversation but before we sign off can you please tell our listeners where they can reach out to you absolutely you can find me on linkedin you just got to go to linkedin and type joel paul there are not many joel pauls right out there but uh, if you see a dp with glasses sitting in a 
resort that that is me and uh, yeah i'm also active on instagram you can find me with the handle joepaul369 feel free to hit me up and if you want to have a chat i'm always open to and like i did mention walk into any pub in indranagar or koramangala and you'll likely find me performing there so yeah then i likely uh, find you this week itself <laughs> ah that would be great that would be great so it was lovely hosting you joel thank you for sharing your insights with our listeners have a great day ahead bye thank you thank you so much